Howdy, y'all. I'm Justin. And I'm Kim. Welcome to Cowboys Like Us, the podcast where we talk about Taylor Swift and her music. Yeehaw. Welcome back to Cowboys Like Us, the only podcast guaranteed to cure your erectile dysfunction. You will have a boner for years, you know, for more than four hours or whatever the cutoff is where you got to call the doctor. You're going to have to call it because you're going to have it. First off this week, just want to let y'all know that we're going to get into some pretty heavy stuff, specifically about miscarriages and uh, emotional trauma and grieving. General um, death related to pregnancy and a trigger warning for death related to pregnancy, miscarrying, infant loss. All, all of those trigger words. <laughs> yeah. But first we're going to get into news. So if you'd like to stick around for that, we will be issuing another warning before we get into the to the meat of, yeah. uh, of all that. Hang out with us for a little bit and then you can leave. <laughs> <laughs> all right. With that said, let's get into it. Uh... News from around the Taylorverse. Taylor Lautner. He... We love him. He's not just a werewolf anymore. He's also an acrobat. That's right. He uh, showed up to Taylor's show in, was it Cincinnati? One Um, of them. Oh my gosh, no. Kansas City. Kansas City. And he did a a flip. And he gave Taylor a hug. And after the people demanded it, he gave a brief brief hello to the crowd. To wild applause. We probably should state that... He was on stage at the Eras tour because she premiered the music video for I Can See You from Speak Now, Taylor's version, Vault Track. Yes, and Mr. Which he is in, yeah. That's right. Mr. Lautner is in it, as is Joey King. All throwbacks to the Speak Now era originally. Yep. And the concept of the video is uh, Taylor Lautner and Joey King have to go on a caper to break Speak Now era Taylor out of a literal vault. So, yep, that's fun. And there are lots of Easter eggs and fun stuff in there. Presley Cash is also in the music video. Is she really? You just really left her out. Ah, I didn't notice. Yeah, <laughs> she um, plays the part of the like the van guy. She's the eyes on the outside. Oh, okay. Um, the the tech person. Um, but anyway, she was in the main music video as well as Joey King. Um, so that is why Taylor brought them back. And obviously, Taylor Lautner has never been in Taylor's music videos before, but uh, they were dating at the time of the Speak Now era originally. And Taylor said that he was a uh, a huge supporter and basically like a shoulder to lean on during that time. So He's basically the only non-piece-of-shit she's been in a relationship with until possibly Joe Alwyn, depending on what you believe about what happened there. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I've said it before on the podcast, and I will say it again right now and probably again in the future. Taylor Lautner was Taylor Swift's best boyfriend. You heard it here first. She really fumbled the bag on that one, man. (laughs) He just found himself another Taylor. Uh, He's also married to a girl named Taylor. Who was also at the concert, and they're both very good friends with Taylor Swift. Yep, they're both named Taylor Lautner, Mr. and Mrs. Taylor Lautner, quite literally. Yep. So that's fun. In other news, Jennifer Garner is one we can add to our list of celebrity Swifties. She showed up to a concert with hella friendship bracelets on, and, uh... She showed up with the friendship bracelets on, or a bunch of people traded with her? Well, I mean, I assume she brought some to trade, and then... I, I don't hope know. so. I hope so. I hope they're they're all really playing into the friendship bracelet trading game. The photo I saw, it looked like Jennifer was in a box of some kind, so she may not have got down there among the plebes enough to trade, but I don't know. Yeah. There's been a VIP tent at every show. I'm sure she was probably in there. Yeah. Era's Tour International tickets are on sale, and it Ticketmaster is having a regular one. Oh. And they're uh, dicking all the Europeans up and down. And the people of Singapore, that was the the worst one I found. Scalpers are out here scalping, if you can believe it. Buying up tickets. 
somebody in Singapore bought a ticket and had it up for resale within 15 minutes of the opening for 16,000 Singaporean dollars, which is just shy of 12,000 freedom bucks for our American listeners. Freedom bucks just makes me think of freedom fries. <laughs> it should, because that was, the, that was the, the reference I was making. Yeah, I yep. got it. It just makes me think of them. Yep. Goodness gracious. Because France wasn't mad enough about 9-11, so we changed yeah. it to Freedom Prize for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a silly, what a silly timeline we live in, mm-hmm. you know? And some of the differently abled British Swifties had some problems getting tickets of any kind because they have a, you know, special section, special queue, all of that. And uh, apparently it was down in totality, so... They just couldn't get anything. And, uh... That's awful. Yep. You saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, I guess disabled people aren't welcome at the the area's tour because we can't get tickets. It's not Taylor's fault that Ticketmaster is hot garbage. No, it's not. But I do understand their concern, of course. Yeah. It's a rough time for everybody out there. Ticketmaster is a nightmare. It it really is. I don't know. I don't think there's anything to say about Ticketmaster that hasn't already been said, but, like, I'm glad they're going before the government to try and figure this out because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. What can be said about Ticketmaster that hasn't already been said about Afghanistan? It's bombed out and depleted. I mean, yeah. Not wrong. This is a PSA from myself to every human in the entire world, so I really need y'all to get this podcast out there so everybody will hear this. For the love of God, please stop throwing things at artists. Yep. Do you want concerts? Do you want to continue to go to concerts? Because if you continue to pelt musical artists or any artists with items at concerts, concerts will be taken away. Yep. If you act like toddlers, you'll be treated like toddlers. Yeah, and this has been a long time coming. It's been on our radar, but we haven't had a natural lead-in because Taylor had not been hit with anything until very recently uh, when she was pelted with friendship bracelets as she walked out of... uh, Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Yeah. And her security did a good job of deflecting them because she was already leaving the stage when it happened and they were already around her. But a lot of the artists who have already been hit have been on stage where security is not present to be knocking things out of the air. And multiple uh, artists have been injured in some way, shape, or form. And it it's not cool. It's not funny. I don't know who would think that is funny. Like, oh my god, I love this person so much, let me maim them. I think it's a symptom of, I don't know, I don't want to be old men yelling at clouds out here, mm-hmm. but I do think it's a symptom of the younger generation having more direct contact with artists than ever before by the internet and social media, and so they feel, you know, they crave a more personal connection. Are you blaming the parasocial relationships they're forcing on their children? <laughs> I'm blaming the parasocial relationships that they are developing on their own. Uh, Yeah, I think they feel the need to personally interject and be involved in a way that we didn't back in back in my day. We we didn't throw shit at artists. Yeah, yeah. One of the first people who got hit was BB Rexa. Took a phone right to the dome. She took a phone to the face. It hit her right in her like eye socket brow bone area. Um, as someone who has hit themselves with a flying object in that area before. It's not fun. I was on color guard and hit myself with a rifle um, in the air. And it really hurts. And the guy who threw it literally said, I just thought it'd be funny. What a piece of shit. Yeah. So, like, let's, let's really not make this a trend. I really hate it. And that gentleman, I believe, was arrested. The guy at the BB Rex. Yeah, he was. Some other people who've been hit with things lately... Mr. Harry Styles got hit with a handful of Skittles. One of them hit him right in the eye. Yeah, your retina and your cornea, they're not very, very thick. They're not super durable. So don't hit people in the eyes. Like, you could blind them. Yep, Drake almost got BB Rexed, but he saw the phone coming and he almost caught it. But he managed to deflect it back into the crowd. Also, you're out of phone. If you throw your phone, you ain't getting that phone back. Nope. Phones are expensive. Yeah. Ava Max had a a fan, allegedly, rush up onto the stage past security 
and slap her directly across the face. I just love Ava Max so much, I want to slap her face. Yeah, it's like that uh, I Think You Should Leave skit where, you know, my son shot Godzilla the gorilla, and then he's like, why? And he's said he was such a big fan, and, you know, he wanted to own his life or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't compute. Kelsey Ballerini, friend of the pod, <laughs> hit a, took a bracelet to the face, mm-hmm. and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, the most upsetting one happened to Pink. A fan threw a bag onto the stage, not directly at Pink, just in her general vicinity. And Pink bent down to look at it and found that it contained the fan's mother's ashes, which Pink was weirded out by. Rightfully so. Yep. Yep. I think this is, like, common at Pink concerts, though. I think her fans are kind of known for throwing things on the stage. Not ashes, though. Not ashes. But I'm just saying, like, her fans are kind of known to do this, whereas the rest of the list are not known to do that. It happening around the same time as all of these other ones, it it just seems kind of wild. Yep. But some people have argued that it's been going on a while, and it's just that uh, it's in the media a lot now. Billie Eilish claims that it's been happening to her for... The past six years. So, I don't know if a good video just hasn't come out of that or she hasn't been hit with anything directly. Maybe she's elusive up there. Yeah, uh, I don't, this isn't a new thing, but like when it becomes such a trend and it catches on that it starts happening to everyone and it starts actually physically hurting people, that's when things start getting taken away. Like, barricade privileges and concerts and things like that yeah don't do that stop throwing things stop throwing things keep them if you got a phone and you got a bracelet you keep them you don't need to throw them at anyone all right one other piece of news real quick as some of you may have noticed there is a mini sewed out the very first yeah cowboys like us mini sewed with our first ever guest madeline and pod gremlin they joined us and we did a uh taylor swift fantasy draft where we try to design our perfect Taylor Swift fantasy album but in a competitive way yeah voting I guess will probably still be open when this podcast comes out yep. so definitely go vote for me um <laughs> Justin at the time of recording is currently winning and we can't let that happen so. that's right you boys out front so vote for Madeline or vote for me I don't care but we can't let Justin win <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, we'll see how that comes out. In the meantime, let's go to Chart Watch. Taylor is still number one on the Billboard uh, Top Artist chart for the third podcast episode, at least, in a row. And then on the Billboard Hot 100 Singles chart, Cruel Summer continues to climb. It's up six spots to number seven this week. Karma with Ice Spice is slowly dropping. Down in one spot to nine. Antihero is really running out of steam. Down two spots, number 18 this week. And the Speak Now TV songs won't actually hit the chart until Tuesday following this episode's premiere. So, but spoiler alert, it's projected to do very, very well and chart every song uh, at some point. So, we'll see. I was going to say, I feel like Karma and Antihero are really going to fall once Speak Now comes into the rankings yeah i don't know we'll see we'll see as for the albums chart midnight's stayed tight at number four lover went up one and number eight folklore went up one and number 13 i'm sure taylor was happy about that 1989 dropped a spot to 19 reputation dropped a spot to 22 oh man i wish it was red what i wish red tv was at 22 oh for the song and then folklore was at 13 that's hilarious that would, 1989 to 19. That would be good. Speak Now, the stolen version is up to 25. Four it's spot all, rise. It's all bitches <laughs> listening to the original better than Revenge. Let it die. Let it die. Yeah. Well, a lot of this is from before the album came out. They just, motherfuckers can't wait. Y'all were so close. Yeah. All you had to do was wait. One more week. You couldn't do it. Red TV, down one spot to 26. Fearless TV, down a spot to 36. Evermore is down three spots to number 43. And the big news of the week, Taylor Swift self-titled debut album has re-entered the chart. Wow. 
at number 186. So now every Taylor album in one version or another is charting. Above 200. Wow. That's so great. I'm so happy for debut. Yep. I mean, don't give Scooch your money, but I'm happy for debut. I can't wait to get it. Yep. Not too long now. Well, (laughs) I said that. Probably a while. I don't know. We'll see. I feel like we got at least a year before it comes out. Probably so. Do you have any other news you'd like to share? I don't think so. Okay, so poll results. Right where you left me, the poll has closed. And... Wow. Looking like it's got an eight. Which is a little low for me, but still pretty high for the fans. The fans, the listeners of this podcast, have been uh, a little bit low, I think. We need to get some more actual diehard Swifties in here. We got some fucking casuals in here voting and just dragging, dragging shit down. And we need, we need y'all to step up and, uh, and get in here. Speaking of that, the Superstar poll is still open. Get in there, vote on that. The, uh... Social media post that Madeline made has had a bunch of people nining it and tinning it, but... Yeah, on threads, we've gotten a lot of interaction, so... Yeah. You can also vote there. But on on Spotify, our poll, somebody gave it a 4, somebody gave it an 8, somebody gave it a 10. So it's a wide range. Get in there, vote how you think it should be. All right. I think that's about it. In the mini poll, you can vote for who had the best album. Without further ado... It's about time we talk about this week's song, Bigger Than the Whole Sky. And to do that, we're going to get into the heavy stuff that we promised you. Yeah, so thanks for sticking around for as long as you did, if you're going to dip out now. We'll see you next week with, do you want to go ahead and say what song, in case people are leaving? Sure. Next week's song is Gold Rush. Yeah, so if anyone chooses to dip out, we do not blame you. If I could dip out right now, I would. (laughs) But uh, come back next week and let's talk about Gold Rush. Yep, all ashore that's going ashore. It's only grief from here in. If you're still here, why do you hate yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Why? Do you think you deserve it in some sick way, you sick fuck? So, Bigger Than the Whole Sky was originally released as a bonus track on Midnight's 3AM edition. Mm -hmm. Back in 2022, when we were all so much younger. so, So much more full of life and... It is actually our first Midnight song on this podcast. So that's fun. But that's about the end of the fun after this. Yep. That's about it. What a way to intro Midnight's, like, this song. Being the first song about Midnight's that we talk, or on Midnight's that we talk about. Yeah. It's going to make people feel feelings, which is good. That's what Midnight's does. Don't try to avoid feeling feelings. You know, that can only hurt you. Let them out. You got to let them out. Wow, that's really the pot calling the kettle black, my dad. <laughs> it's like it. It's like if uh, you got Prince Albert in a can. You know, you better let him oh, out. Oh my god! So yeah, the song was written by Taylor, and it was produced by Taylor and Jack Antonoff, friend of the pod. We've talked about Jack, right? Yeah, we have briefly. Yeah. We haven't really got into him that much, but he's okay. produced some of the songs before this. So yeah. Yeah, I thought him. he worked on. Fearless and read Taylor's versions. Yeah, he has. He's okay. uh, He's been involved since 1989 in some capacity, and he's currently in a band called Bleachers, of which he is the sole member, so he panicked at the disco it, except from the beginning, I think. <laughs> uh, and he used to be the lead singer of a band called Steel Train and the guitarist of the band called Fun, which uh- I saw him... With fun in Tuscaloosa one time. I did not know he was the guitarist of fun. Yep. And I wonder if the pod gremlin knew that he was the guitarist of fun. They have to. There's no way. (laughs) If the gremlin does not know that fact, I feel better. If the gremlin does know that fact, I'm insulted that they did not tell me (laughs) before now. Yep. They love fun. And when it when Midnight's 3AM came out, Bigger Than the Whole Sky reached number 21 on the Hot 100 despite not being a single. Because every song on Midnight's charted. Just like we think Speak Now TV will do. Because Taylor's the best. Yep. Flexing on these hoes. <laughs> out here flexing. What has Taylor said about this song? Not shit again. Yep. She has not mentioned it at all. Has she played it? 
On the Ares tour? No, anywhere not yet? yet. Not yet. And um, it's not on the set list, which is good. And she has not played it as a surprise song yet. And if and when she does, <laughs> I don't know how anyone's going to be okay. But I, I was going to say in regards to her saying nothing about the song, I think that's understandable. I think the song speaks for itself. It tells exactly the story that I'm sure she meant for it to tell. Whether it was about her or someone she knows, you know, I don't think there's much you could say about this song. Yeah, I assume if she does eventually play it, she may say a little something before, as she often does with songs. Yeah. Until then, we got nothing. Yep. What 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 do the critics think? You know, what do the, what do the critics think? The professionals, do they like it? Sorry, let's read that line. So most of the critics have reviewed the standard version and not the 3 a.m. version. Of Midnight's? Of Midnight's, yes. So, not a ton about it. Justin's little note is, maybe stop having so many versions, Taylor. She really be on some shit with all these versions. You gotta stop. There are currently four versions of Midnight's alone. Yeah, and that's another piece of news we didn't even get to. The Speak Now TV Deluxe (gasps) came out today with two live tracks, and that's it. (laughs) And only on her website. We were literally talking about this, and then I forgot to to start it with, I was right in some capacity. I I was wrong about many things. Yeah. But I was still somewhat right. If you take away everything about it, the prediction was right. Basically like Nostradamus. Kim Stradamus over here. Kim Stradamus. I like like that that nickname. Um, Yeah, so she chose to release something on 7.13 instead of 7.9. It was a Speak Now Deluxe Edition. It did not have any new vault tracks. It also did not have haunted acoustic version, which is what I wanted. It did not have seven of anything. It did not have seven of anything. Oh, it did have two live recordings of two Speak Now songs from performances from the Eras tour. And that's all. And it's also only available on her website for digital download for $6 for 10 hours. And that's it. Yep. So get it. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, it's already too late. (laughs) It's already too late. They don't pay us to market her stuff, though, so don't worry about it. Although, Taylor, if you're listening, we are... We're down to do a brand deal. (laughs) We will be shills, and you don't even know what a deal you can get. We'll do it for basically anything. We will be your salespeople. (laughs) That's right. We are very affordable. We cannot claim that we're good at it, but we are affordable. That is correct. Back to critical stuff. What'd they say? Under the Radar Mag said, Beautifully affecting. Mm-hmm. Illuminated by a gorgeous, lilting, mazy, star-esque twang and Swift's heartfelt, ethereal vocal. Yep. And then, I had to dig deep on this, guys. Because like I said. <gasps> no, I love this. Like I said, I had to get after it. <laughs> I because this. This most so people cute. interviewed, uh, most people reviewed Midnight Standard, not Midnight 3M. But I did find a review in a high school uh, newspaper. I will not name the high school, just out of uh, concern that Swifties might get a little wild with them. But they were positive about it, though. They said, We love the chorus of this song. Bigger than the whole sky tugged at our heartstrings in a way that truly makes the album special. It is the perfect song that can create meaningful conversations between Swifties because the lyrics can be interpreted in many ways. Once again, Swift's songwriting skills are really evident in this song. Yeah, I think this song can really only be interpreted in one major way and maybe one side way. (laughs) Yep. But we'll get into that. Fan response. What do the fans think? Yeah, this song got pretty big. On social needs, kind of like 22, but sad. Yep. A lot of people used it to reflect on their miscarriages and or people in their life who had passed. It's number 13 on Rob Sheffield's Our Boy Rob. His list, one spot behind Right Where You Left Me. And he said, a twangy grief ballad powerfully understated. Yep. And then... On r slash Taylor Swift, they played their uh, Midnight Survivor game, and they used the 3 a.m. edition, thankfully. So out of 20 tracks, Bigger Than the Whole Sky finished 11th, which is too low for me. But people think it's sad, probably, and they don't want to listen to it, which I understand. Yeah. Because I do that with it and also some other songs, so. Yep. I guess to give some context of our situation that we're going to talk about here. I myself believe that this song can be interpreted for any sort of 
untimely death or loss. I don't think it has to be about miscarriage, but it definitely leans that way. Some of the lyrics seem like that is what she was talking about, whether it was her own or someone she's just very close to. But context of our situation. Hey y'all, Cowboys from the Future here. After listening through this week's episode for editing, we decided it needed a much more explicit warning for those who have stuck around. So trigger warning for the mentions of pregnancy, death, loss, pregnancy loss, miscarriage, infant loss, spousal distress, spousal loss, blood, gore, physical trauma, and graphic medical details no one asked for. Just keep in mind we are not doctors and this is our personal experience. And thanks for hanging on through the rodeo. We got pregnant in October. Mostly her. (laughs) Mostly me. Uh, It it is not a one-man job, though. Um, (laughs) In October of uh, 2022, found out shortly into it. I was only about three weeks when we found out, so it was very early on. In December... We went to our first appointment and everything was okay. We went to a um, following appointment and there was no longer a heartbeat. The night before, um, I had experienced some bleeding. So we kind of already had an idea that it wasn't going to be great, but tried to stay positive. But once we got there, there was no heartbeat. So then in January of this year, well, that's when that was actually January of this year was our second appointment. We went through a miscarriage and it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, for sure. Yeah, I was uh, I was awakened that night uh, around 2 a.m., I guess. After we had already found out that there was no heartbeat. Yep. And the baby had stopped growing. So we knew it was coming, although she was scheduled to have it, uh, to have a procedure yeah. uh, instead of having to pass pass it on her own. But, yeah. Uh, so for anyone who is unfamiliar, the process of <laughs> removing a embryo or a fetus <laughs> from the uterus, sorry to get really technical <laughs> and graphic, is called a DNC. And so I was scheduled to have a DNC that following. So our appointment was on Friday and I was supposed to have it on Tuesday. So we got about one day into trying to process the fact that that was going to be the case when I actually began to pass the pregnancy on my own, which, yeah, was fucking rough. (laughs) Yep. I woke up around 2 a.m. and, uh, yeah, she was, uh, not looking great, you know. (laughs) Very pale and very clammy and all that. And so naturally bleeding a lot, as one would think. And, uh, went to the hospital and, uh, Also context to that, although that whole day we had been trying to process and kind of knew that this was a potential and that I was already bleeding, so like, you know, that had already started. I tried to go to bed that night when when you went to bed. Right. Um, And I just, you know, didn't quite feel right. And I started having like insane cramps, basically is what it felt like. As they got worse, I could tell that it was my body like honestly in, in active labor. Um, I was having contractions to the point where I could time them. Yeah. Um, and so I <laughs> I sort of sat and pretty much labored <laughs> in the living room in the middle of the night by myself for many hours before I had bled <laughs> so much that um, I felt like I was going to pass out. I just felt super weak. And so at that point, then I, I screamed for you and kind of startled you awake. <laughs> yep. And, uh... We got to the hospital, and we were in the emergency room a long time, and then the doctor was basically like, yep, you miscarried. And we're like, no shit, thank you very much. (laughs) We told you that when we got here. (laughs) Yep. That's what was happening. (laughs) Yep. Are you just reading the file, bro? Is that all? Yeah. They didn't do shit. They were just like, "Mm, okay, bye. Yeah. um, They basically were like, this is part of it. Nothing about your white or red or any blood cell counts looks startling so they sent us home with just some pain meds and that was it and she lived so i guess they were right but i don't know it seemed fucked yeah i don't really know what they could have done i don't know what i expected them to do i just felt like i had lost so much blood yeah (laughs) and my doctor had said that if it you know if it gets to a certain point then just go ahead and call the nurse on call which i did and she told me to go to the er i was concerned you might need uh 
a transfusion because you were just so pale. Yeah. And that's what I thought as well. But so I guess really that's all we went there for. But they were like, no, you're okay. So we came back home. Yep. And, and uh, pretty much proceeded to live like two weeks of hell of just trying to process. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. We'll get into that. But first, let's talk a little bit about the lyrics of this song and why we think that it's probably about a miscarriage. Although, like Kimberly said, it could be about anything that you feel that it resonates with you about. That's fine. I subscribe to a uh, method of, of criticism known as death of the author, which means that what they intended doesn't uh, really matter. Does not matter. Okay. It's only what you take away as the viewer, the reader, the listener of yeah. the art. So this is what I take away from it. In verse number one, she says, No words appear before me in the aftermath. Salt streams out of my eyes and into my ears. Every single thing I touch becomes sick with sadness because it's all over now. All out to sea. I relate to that in a big way. When our miscarriage happened, I had no idea what to say or to do. I just felt uh, extremely useless. I felt like I wasn't... It was weird. I felt like I was uh, too strong and stoic and manly, but also too weak at the same time. Because I felt like I should be just breaking down and inconsolable and a wreck all the time. But I felt like I, I don't know, couldn't do that. Couldn't do that. Because I had to, uh, I don't know, had to take you to the hospital and stuff. Had to be, you know, not actively passing and having a horrible medical thing happen to me. You know what I mean? So I couldn't break down. So I had to, uh, had to tough it out. But I did not know what to say. And I did cry <laughs> a good bit. Just not in the immediate uh, uh, moment there. Yeah. And it did feel like kind of a virus, a contagion. You go out into the world and everything keeps going. The world's still a spinning, but you feel like everything is over and just, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 it's strange. And people say that, you know, your friends and your family and stuff, obviously they care about you and they express empathy, but it's just. But nobody uh, knows what to do for you. Yeah. You don't you know don't what know to what ask. You don't know what to tell them, yeah. Because they're like, hey, you know, if you need anything, let us know. And it's like, I don't know what I need. <laughs> I need something, but I don't know what I need. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> and, uh... Can't even get into the first verse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the uh, salt streaming out of her eyes and into her ears. And then it's all out to sea. Yeah. Salt water, sea water. You know. Yep. That's a little interesting thing, I think. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Tears are salty. <laughs> <laughs> I have never heard anything. It almost becomes too hard to explain what it actually feels like when you're going through it. And um, <laughs> I need to collect myself. I have never <laughs> come across anything that explains it better than this song. No word, like the, just the first line of no words appear before me in the aftermath. Like as soon as they told us that the baby didn't have a heartbeat, I just like didn't even know what to say. I feel like I word vomited on you because that's what my brain does. It's like, just say anything that comes to your mind because you got to feel the silence. But like, yeah, I just felt like, I don't know. As a person who used to play sports, when you get hit really hard, in the stomach, chest area, uh, you can literally have the no the wind knocked out of you, and you can't breathe, and that's what it felt like. Just, yeah, yeah I don't know. Also, <laughs> the line, everything, every single thing I touch becomes sick with sadness. <laughs> I just hit so hard. Yeah, you do. You feel contagious because you're just miserable, and you don't want to bring everybody else down with you. Yeah, but it's also like... Something, it, it makes you feel like something about you, something about your body, something about what you did or what you could have done, like, was wrong. Right. Yep. Which is untrue and unhelpful, but that's the way grief works sometimes. And then into the chorus, she says, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. You are bigger than the whole sky. You are more than just a short time. And I've got a lot to pine about. Got a lot to live without. Never gonna meet what could have been, would have been, what should have been you. And that is the primary thing. The, I'm never gonna meet what could have been, would have been, should have been you. That makes me believe that the speaker is talking about a miscarriage. Because any other sort of loss in your life, you already have met the person. 
unless perhaps it's a very young child, you know, they never grow into who they are going to be. Right, that's what I think. It could also apply to someone who just didn't live. <laughs> Gone too soon, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, this is just what you get. <laughs> <laughs> it could also apply to someone who just didn't, yeah, didn't live the amount of life that you should have been able to. Lord. <laughs> oh, I need to get it together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's interesting, the juxtaposition between the... The literal physical state of things as I perceive them to be versus how much they mean to the speaker, to the person who had the loss. You know what I mean? Uh, a fetus, an embryo, is quite small. Yeah. <laughs> it's the size of a jelly bean-ish. That was kind of where we were, I think, a little past that, like a jumbo lemon head or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Little they like candy metaphors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it means... So much more because you imagine you imagine more than that. You imagine you imagine your whole life with that <laughs> kid, you know, and and what's gonna be like when you're at their graduations and then at their wedding and stuff, and then you never even get to yes. see it. And it just uh, as soon as you find out that you're like you're actually pregnant, it's like you can see you like their whole life flash before your eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's the weirdest thing. And then, uh, yeah, it's hard to take. It's hard to take when you realize that you're never gonna meet them, never gonna, never gonna see those things you imagined so clearly. That felt like premonitions. They were so vivid in your mind. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's rough. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I just like to say. <laughs> We just got to get through this song, and we talked about pushing it off, and we talked about, you know, all of our options for doing it, but I think, you know, it would be an injustice to not do this song whatsoever, but that's not what we're about, and I think we might as well just get it over with and, and get through all of this so that we don't have to do this anymore. Yep, once we put this one behind us, we don't have to worry about this song again, yep. unless we want to. All right, and then on to the second verse... She says, did some bird flap its wings over in Asia? Did some force take you because I didn't pray? Every single thing to come has turned into ashes because it's all over. It's not meant to be. So I'll say words I don't believe. As a non-religious person, I feel uh, very seen by that, uh, mm -hmm. by that verse, you know, because I did not pray for the health of the fetus. Uh, because I don't believe that would have done anything. Yeah. But in the aftermath, you know. Is it like, it, did this happen because? Yep. If I had, would it have been different? Right. <laughs> Pray to every god that ever existed, you know. What would it exists. have cost me to uh, to say it, even if I don't believe it? What would have it hurt, you know? What yep. would I have given up? What would I have really lost? That's all it takes. Why didn't I do it? Because obviously... Yeah. This is my karma. <laughs> and that's back to what you were saying about how, you know, could I have done things differently? Is it my fault? That type of thing. It's just, yeah. You beat yourself up about it. Yeah. You beat yourself up about it. Yeah. And I think the did some bird flap its wings over in Asia also kinds of, kind of is the opposite of that. In that, like, Random. was it something completely out of my control? Right. And that makes you feel helpless. Like, it, it wasn't something you could have done anything about. And then you're like, well, like, how is that fair? <laughs> yep. Either way, it's fucked. Either way, it's fucked. <laughs> did, it, did it just happen because sometimes bad things happen? Or did it happen because of some failure on your part? Either way, neither is comforting in any way. Neither is helpful. It's just, it's really awful all around. Yep. Do you have anything else about the lyrics that you want to talk about? I don't think so about the lyrics specifically. Okay. Just about the song in general. I mean, thoughts. Do you want me to do mine first? Is that what you're saying? If you'd like. <laughs> okay. When Midnight's came out, I really loved this song. It was very beautiful and poetic to me. And I had only been an outsider to miscarriage at that time. You know, friends who had miscarried, but had never experienced anything close to it firsthand. So I could really listen to the song, and it didn't um, didn't bother me, and I could see the beauty in it, and I still do, but <laughs> I, 
I could still see that it was obvious that that's what it was about, and I could feel, or I felt respect for her for writing it, whether it was about her own miscarriage or about a friend's or whoever. With that being said, <laughs> I wish I could listen to it now, <laughs> but I have only, so far, been able to listen to it one time since our miscarriage without crying <laughs> through the entire song. I, um, that was, you know, a couple months after we miscarried and I really felt like that was my first realization that I kind of began to move on. That was the, the first step where I was like, wow, like things are getting better because I listened to that whole song and I didn't cry this time. But <laughs> since then, that has not been the case. Um, <laughs> I have every time since that one time I've cried. <laughs> and I only seek this song out when I need to cry. I'm like, I really feel like a good cry would help me right now. I just go put this song on and it does me, it does me good. This <laughs> song, so yeah, this is just weird backstory, but <laughs> the appointment that uh, you and I went to uh, was I had to leave work early so you met me at the hospital um, when we found out that the baby no longer had a heartbeat so we were in separate cars <laughs> so when we left the hospital when I was in my car by myself um, I called my mom to tell her she was like don't drive while you're crying and I'm like I'm fine I gotta get home somehow <laughs> and then as soon as I got off the phone with her the first thing I did was put this song on because it, it, it's just what I immediately thought of when I was like, how am I going to process all of these emotions that I'm having and like all of the thoughts that I'm having in my head. But at the same time, I was having none. It was sort of like a train wreck in my head of a million thoughts and no thoughts at all. So I put this song on and just cried. Driving home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I feel like there's no way I could ever associate with this with anything else. <laughs> this song will always be associated with, with that moment. Right. Okay, uh, here I go with my thoughts. Oh, yeah, okay, now I know what you're pulling up. <laughs> yep. I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to give it to him. Yep. But first, yeah, like Kimberly said, when Midnight's first came out, loved it. Loved this song. I thought it was so beautiful and just <laughs> emotional. Uh, and you could really feel that in it, and I just, yeah, it was great at what it did, making you feel feelings, tremendous sort of empathy and sadness for someone going through a terrible thing that you can't even imagine what it must be like. And then once it got to the point where I could imagine what it was like, it's too real for me, mm -hmm. so I really don't listen to it much anymore. I did a couple times this week for the sake of the pod, and it was rough. It was a rough time. I didn't listen to it at all before this podcast, which is amazing because I don't do that. Like, even if I just have to listen to it right before, I usually do that. But I know this song forwards, backwards, and upside down, and I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I can't really listen to it unless I force myself to. It just feels like three and a half minutes of being stabbed in the chest. It's rough to sort of add context to uh, everything that's happening. I'd like to read uh, some brief passages from a document that I had been working on. Once I found out that, uh, that Kimberly was pregnant and we were doing this thing, I, uh... <laughs> we're doing this thing. We're doing this thing? Doing uh, the damn thing. I started to write letters to the baby. Just about, you know, what I was thinking and feeling, and, uh, I thought that'd be a cool thing for them to have. So, I'm gonna read a portion of my first letter, and then I'm gonna read a poem. Kind of a poem. It's really just sort of a vomit out of my brain on the day after the incident. So, I wrote this on November 15th, 2022. It was my first letter to the baby. Hi, if you're reading this, it means that I'm officially a dad, your dad. It's such a wonderful thought. So wonderful that I'm almost afraid to think about it. Afraid that it may not come true if I do, but it's all I can think about. So I guess we'll just have to hope for the best. Today is Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. Yesterday, your mother took an at-home pregnancy test and it had a nice digital display that would tell us in plain English whether she was pregnant or not pregnant. And I imagine you can guess what it said, haha. -ha. According to some quick math, which your father and mother both loathe, by the way, we should get to meet you in July. 
We're both so excited already. I'm also a little terrified, if I'm being honest, and I will always be honest with you. When I was a boy, I never had a dream job. Some people that I know wanted to be astronauts or doctors, but not me. All I really wanted to do was to get married and have kids, a family. If I could be a good husband and a good dad, that would be a good enough for me. I'm gonna skip some of this long rambling backstory about my family and stuff. <laughs> Jump to the last paragraph. I swore to myself that I'd be different from my own father. That I would always be kind and loving to you and your mother. That I would build you up so that you had the confidence to chase your dreams. From here, I can only hope that I've kept that promise, love dad. That was the beginning. And then, let's read this poem thing. It does not have a title. It barely qualifies as a poem. It doesn't rhyme and it doesn't have rhythm, but it got some emotions, I think. <laughs> the world ended. Nobody noticed but me. I see people walk by through the window, smiling and laughing like nothing is wrong. I struggle to breathe. I choke on the grief. Every smiling face mocks me. They do not care. They never did. All that's left are what might have been. My mind is a black hole. I pick up the razor, I put it back down. My face is a mask, concealing the pain. My hands tremble. Stillness doesn't suit them. I am unmoored. Dreams are dead and gone. Nightmares reign. I scream, a silent scream, a requiem for a future that will never come. My eyes are old faucets, leaking bitter tears. Each one a mark of my weakness. A reminder of the man I always failed to be. I am drowning 300 miles from the sea. I kick, I thrash, I try to swim, I sink down, down, down. My phone rings, I do not answer. I hide in the dark, away from the world. The world finds me and strangles me slowly. So that's how I felt afterward. And, uh, yep. <laughs> That'll about do it. So thanks for coming to our therapy session. <laughs> Let's give our rankings. Yeah, rankings. Um, try to get back into the peppy podcast voice. Um, so, as we do every week, we rate songs from 1 to 10. 1 is bad, 10 is good, 5 is mid. And I will give it a 9. It's a song that's designed to kick you right in the emotional dick. And boy, it sure does, for me, at least. Yep. Yeah, it would be a 10 if I could listen to it, but I can't, so it's a 9. Yep, that's literally all I have to say is this song is absolutely perfect in every way, but I can't rate it a 10 because I absolutely cannot listen to it after my trauma. So, <laughs> because of PTSD, it gets a 9. <laughs> yeah, I do. I have, uh, I have moments now where I'll just suddenly think about it how I felt and the feelings and I'm back there and I just can't breathe and I have to I have to sort of come out of it and be like, you're not there, it's over, you're here now. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's rough. Yeah. Those days were every single day for those first like two, three, four weeks. But afterwards, they slowly started to separate a little bit when we got back into the group of things and then now they come fewer and fewer, but... They still come. Yep. It's rough. You know? It's rough. But life moves on. Just because one thing doesn't work out doesn't mean the next thing won't work out. So, there's always hope. Speaking of, <laughs> at the end of this uh, therapy session, as I said, I guess we could end it with some good news. Yep. We are pregnant again. Yep. And, uh... So far, so good. So, so fingers far, crossed. So good. Yes, we are. Where we currently should be past the point in which our last baby stopped growing, but we won't know anything, you know, really until my next appointment, which is the scary part. These these weeks in between are the hardest part, <laughs> as we learned last time. But this time, you know, last time we tried to keep everything a secret and wait until the perfect time, and it just blew up in our faces. So this time, we're not really making a big deal about it. Yep, we're trying to be real casual. It was real casual. Like, yeah, we're going to have a baby. It's fine. Yep. So, yeah. So maybe a little pod baby. Supposed to be in February. Let's hope. Let's hope. Yay! All right. Pod uh, babe. <laughs> as we mentioned at the end of the news section, 
The next song that we'll be doing is Gold Rush from Gold Evermore. Rush. Gold Rush. That will be a much less uh, intense emotional <laughs> episode. Yep. So join us for that, won't you? I've never cried listening to Gold Rush, though I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I think it's fine. <laughs> um, well, sorry that this week was such a downer, but stick around. Like we said, they're not all like this. Yes. Thank you all for listening, especially the ones of you who've stuck it out this far. Thank you so much. Yeah. You know, if you want to have a sort of thing on uh, on our threads or whatever, where we we can all talk together and have a... Just a big, a big healing, oh, yeah. airing of, uh, of grief. We can all talk together. Definitely feel free to reach out. Also, if you, you know, just want somebody to be like, hell yeah, I'm with you. I see you. I feel you. You know, that sort of thing. You know, our DMs are open. Yep, we got an email address. It's our on DMs, our link tree. Yeah, our DMs are not open to nonsense, but they are open to I feel validated, or I need to feel validated, or I need something, someone to hear me in yep. this moment. And if you send us an email about anything that is a sincere email, let us know if you would like us to read it on the podcast, because we might do it. We might do it. Yeah, definitely. If it's something you want to share, we can, you know... Omid names if you think it will add something to the world. Um, yep, we can but do a mailbag. <laughs> you don't want it to be associated with you personally. Or if you do, we'll say your name. That's right. We'll say your social security number. You give us whatever you want. <laughs> yep, we did that bit. Uh, it's back <laughs> again. back around. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. Uh, goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Cowboys Like Us. Follow us on Twitter at CowboysLike underscore pod and Instagram at CowboysLike Us underscore pod. New episodes every Monday on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Y'all come back now. You hear?